With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Winging It Motown Radio. I am your host, Kyle. Uh, on the horn, we've got Jeff, JJ, got Mike, and we've got Corey. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. Greatest day ever. I am alive. That's the best night ever, actually. Uh, well, it, if you're listening to this during the day, it's the greatest day ever. If you're listening in the we're, evening, greatest evening, morning, we're, night. We're recording at night, Jeff. Let's let's not lie to the people. Mm, well, it, it might be night where you are, and but it's almost morning where I'm at. Well, it's only an hour difference. I said almost one hour closer. Anyways, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. How are you tonight? I'm slipped into the seventh circle of hell. Thank you for asking. I hate all of you. You are welcome, sir. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's draft time. The NHL draft is on Friday. Um, I will be making my way over to Buffalo uh, on Thursday, which is, if you're listening to this right now, it is likely Thursday or later. Um I'm going to be making my way over there. I'll be over there doing some coverage for SB Nation and winging it in Motown. Um Red Wings, as we stand right now, they have six picks in the in the 2016 NHL draft. Um, they don't have that third round pick because New, it belongs to New Jersey from the uh, Zelitsky deal. Um, and uh, yeah, so it looks like they're going to be, as of right now, picking 16th overall in the first round and 46th. Is it 46th or 47th? 46th, 46th in the second round. Um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> At Winging Motown, we don't have that many draft gurus or anything like that. Um, we just kind of the, the main. We the main, wing it. Yeah, we kind of wing it in Motown for sure. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my god. Um, you fu- that kind of night. You fucked up my train of thought. Um, <laughs> anyways, there's still a lot that could happen before the draft um, or on the day of the draft. Obviously, the big story lately has been Pavel Datsuk and uh, his contract and his retirement, which, if you live under a rock, uh, Pavel Datsuk's gone, officially. He's not coming back ever. Um, so, you know, we all have our feelings on that. We're not going to spend too much time talking about it, but uh, the big question is, um, Ken Holland is trying to move that money, so it, he's not handicapped next season. There's a lot of people who think he needs to move whatever he can to get that money free and there's a lot of people who think they that he just needs to hold on to the money and just suck it up for a year and then have the the cap space uh in the in the next year so i don't know i guess uh do you guys want to see that money moved before friday or on friday it doesn't matter which one um or do you not want, or do you want them to, or do you want to see them hold on to it? Because what's what's been the the rumor, the rumored asking price to move that money has been uh, kind of unsavory to a lot of Red Wings fans, because um, it seems to have changed and evolved over the past week or two. So I don't know. Uh, let's kick it off with JJ. You give us your thoughts on that first. 
Oh shit! I'm so ready to ride the roller coaster on that um, because yeah, I hear all the the crap about how uh, teams are asking for like Athanasiu um, or like they're not going to get away or Svechnikov. And honestly, if if Ken Holland moves either of those guys just for cap space, that is going to be the worst move that I can conceive of for possibly like a week. Because honestly, if he moves, uh, if he moves, say Athanasiu in a second, and then Stamkos is in the bag, then he has traded Athanasiu and and a second rounder for Steven Stamkos, mm-hmm. and that's honestly not a bad move. But we're not given as fans to thinking about it like that. We are given to thinking about it as like, oh, on Saturday, Ken Holland made this really freaking boneheaded stupid trade where he gave up a, a hot young player and and got nothing for it and then basically we have to wait to see if, it's, if it pays off um, and honestly if it doesn't pay off then yeah that is just brutally terrible because right now I'm at the point where I am actually I'm totally okay with keeping the Datsuk cap hit uh, if that's what it comes down to um, I can convince myself that trading Athanasiu and a second and getting Stamkos is an okay move I would rather move, you know, Polkinen in a second and getting Stamkos and keeping Athens EU. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'm at the point where I, I would rather see them hold on to the Datsu contract than trade it because I just don't think that they're going to – I don't think – I'm just going to be unhappy for a whole week if that happens, and I don't want that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, all right, uh, Mike, how about you? Uh, I'm, I'm coming to terms with being 50-50 on it. Like, I, th- I think if he's going to do it, he needs to do it either this week or at the draft. I, th- I think the price goes up in terms of what we're going to have to send over to make the deal palatable after the draft because this is such a deeper draft. And um, I think some people either on, on Twitter or something were spitballing earlier, you know, one of these teams with um, additional first round picks um, might be able to swing you know i think it was carolina and arizona who are yeah, like me. 20 and 21 yeah so i mean if we can do something in that realm where maybe it's even Polkanen and our first and the dot contract to slide back five spots and get there first and 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 call that a day i don't think that's still too bad um when all is said and done but when we get out of the draft then we're talking about a weaker draft year and we're talking about not immediate returns because let's face it this year's draft these could potentially be immediate returns at least at the ahl level um if nowhere else uh or or one-year returns for some of these teams if we start getting into next year's draft it's the whole playing year plus the uh, time in the system for those players and if it's weaker draft it might be more than one year or two years for some of these guys to to make a roster so i think the price goes up to something that we're really not going to want to uh, swallow um, after the uh, after the draft goes by. So yeah, and and yeah. look, look, that's that's basically what I was saying earlier. I was I was riffing on Twitter about how the Red Wings could very possibly. I mean, the yeah. two teams that are that are trying to get to the cap floor, they have yeah. two first round picks, and they're later. So one is twentieth overall, and one is twenty first. The Red Wings pick sixteenth. You would essentially bounce back four picks. A lot of people think that's a that's a big price to pay, um, but honestly, if draft day comes and Carolina takes the Datuk's contract, moves up to 16th overall, and we take uh, 21st 
um, or 20th, whichever one. I can't remember which one they have. Um, I take that yeah. deal. I think that's a good deal. Uh, you hold on to your NHL assets. You hold on to your prospects. You don't move any actual um, tangible anything tangible you know it's you know you're still going to get a really good prospect at 20th overall i mean we got anthony mantha at 20th overall so um that's how i look at it but i just don't know if that's going to actually happen but it it makes a lot of sense so since it makes so much sense it's not going to happen um yeah probably trades work like that it's like usually if you move back down because when we move down two spaces in the mantha draft we got a an extra second for that right so if we move back five spaces, then essentially what we have traded is a second-round pick. Basically. So I don't think that's going to be – I would love to do that because I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think you have to end up throwing in a roster player. Yeah. yeah and, but would you be cool with tossing somebody like Polkin in, into that equation? Because, I mean, I, I, I honestly have zero confidence that this organization is going to use either one of them correctly next year. Well, they're not going to do that so. with FNCU either. So, I mean – yeah, but maybe in like two or three years, he works himself up onto the second line or something. I've still got that maybe. kind of little boy school schoolboy glimmer of hope for him. I guess we'll hope see. is not a strategy. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, speaking of speaking of Jeff, what do you think? Oh, I'm all in. Do it. Get Stamco. Seven okay. years, seventy million. I I the last few days. I mean, last week I would have been like, no way in hell. The last few days, I've just kind of, you know, you do some reading, you see the numbers being thrown out there, Detroit being a potential front runner for Stamkos, and I'm like, yeah, pay this mother mother effer $10 million a year, give him 11 do it. I yeah, let's be Parisi and Suter all over again. He'll be great. Because <clears throat> um, they're going to get Stamkos, because status quo and just hoarding everything has not worked lately. And I don't know if Athanasiu, as great as he is, He's not Steven Stamkos, and it's not like Steven Stamkos is thirty years old. He's what twenty six, so yeah. twenty five. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah. I think I'd do it, and just to play devil's advocate, so we're not all agreeing here. Do it. Why not? Don't give up Larkin, Mantha. Fine, <laughs> go get Stamkos. All right, fair enough. Um, Corey, what about you, man? Well, um, I've been all in to do it for the longest time, and I'm just gonna say that I think that I'm not buying any of the stuff that's gonna take Anthony to see you. Um, I know uh, Drager was saying yesterday that you know it's going to be a Polkinen and a Yurko, and that sweetening it would be with a second round pick. Yeah. So and Mackenzie. I would have done that uh, yesterday. Yeah, Mackenzie's still in the Yurko and Polkinen, mm-hmm. so I think there's a reason they're saying it. And yeah, it's really Anzar said. Yeah. They need to. I mean, yeah, they need to stop that. Yeah, I just I, I'm not buying that at all. I just see. I, I, not buying any of that stuff coming out of out of here because I just figure they're getting it from a one way street and Drager was saying this is coming from other GMs yeah. as to what they would do. The way uh, I look at it and from what it sounds like is that Carolina is like number one like prospect for this to actually happen with. And you know you know, Gundahead, is it going to be if it, i have to choose like Yurko or Polkin in the second round pick, do I do it? I don't know. I mean, it, it would sting because that second ah, round... You do it in a heartbeat. No, listen. Let, let, let me pick. finish. Let me finish. I, I do care because you never know what you're going to get in the second round. I can name off a bunch of names that could end up being really good for the Red Wings in the second round. I mean... Landon Ferraro. Landon Ferraro is one of them, and everybody misses <laughs> him so much because he changed the Bruins, apparently. Changed them and led them into the playoffs. Um, wah, wah. Yep. 14th overall. Yay. Um... 
So, yes, I mean, I, like I was saying, gun to head, yeah, I'd probably do it, but I would, if I was Ken Holland, I would counter with, well, how about I give you 16th overall, you take Yurko or Polkin, and, and then you give me 20th overall, and then we're both happy. I think that's the trade that should happen. I agree. And then the other thing I would say about this is that, you know, it makes the, if you don't do it your way with that first round pick, it changes kind of the thinking on moving down in the first place. You're going to have to throw in a second round pick then move down to get an extra pick. And the other thing is uh, uh, that, uh, you know, it was on ESPN.com earlier about the fact that they don't necessarily have to do that this weekend. And they can worry about doing this after they get Stamkos to be cap compliant and then throwing in um, something more just to make sure they get him. But my thinking on this was is that, you know, they don't even have to do it this weekend for the simple fact that they can talk to Stamkos on Saturday and they'll have an idea. Maybe they're not even in the ballpark. Maybe this is all just crazy speculation. And maybe Stamkos is like, hey, I really want to go to wherever. And you guys are a distant third and it's going to take so much for me to come here. And then, you know, hey, I guess, you know, or the price is so unreasonable that you say, hey, you know, we don't even have to do this now because the Stamkos thing isn't as much of a reality as as it's out there to be. So I think, you know, the smarter play might be waiting till after you talk to him on Saturday and figuring it out then. That might, yeah, but then you, it, it might end up costing you more in, in that regard. I'm so terrified of, Stam- oh, of signing yeah. Stamkos while they still have Datsuk. Uh, because yeah. if I'm a if I'm an all, uh, a competitive GM and I see that the Detroit has put themselves in that situation where they literally cannot get away without trading Datsuk, I'm I'm looking for a real ripoff deal. I'm yeah. looking for like what happened with the Blackhawks and the the Brandon Saad trade mm-hmm. or the Patrick Sharp or Tuvo. Well, and and in theory they could go after some of our RFAs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. we could lose Mrazic that way. <laughs> uh, we're gonna... Yeah, I think it was uh, Pierre LeBrun just saying that because you don't have to be cap compliant for so long, and he was saying that that's just another option that's on the table right now. But now, would I do that? That's way riskier than anything else we're proposing. But yeah. you know, he, he said that you know that's that's kind of yeah. an option for them, but it's, well, it's a way riskier option. Yeah, sure. I think at the end of the day, we can all agree that the smartest idea is to swap second, first round picks and then throw your Polkinen in with either Arizona or Carolina. Um, I think that's a deal that everybody could stomach, and if anybody gets mad at a deal like that, well, then they need to kind of open up their eyes, because that's good asset management. It helps both teams, and if you can't get Stamkos, well, you can get Ocposo or whoever the hell else you want to go for. So, Radula. Yeah, oh God, I keep forgetting. We got. We're about to give him seven million dollars. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Lucic. Oh yeah, Lucic. God, I'm oh, gonna enjoy a nice. Oh. No, I'm gonna enjoy a nice toilet wine looking at that contract. I, my I'm number seventeen Lucic right jersey. Yeah. God damn it. Fuck you, Jimmy. Do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah he's a big diaper. He's a big, he's a big dumb asshole that on it, we would get used to. I would. Testicle enthusiast? Oh, yeah, I mean, the, honestly, the if, fan you base would love it, him. if you think about it, the first, like, having him on the first line, like, I would, he's like what advocator should be, basically. That's the thing, is Lucic is not bad at hockey. No, he's a good hockey player, yeah. He's a big idiot, and he's mm-hmm. not a ridiculous as, contract. Yeah, and the contract's going to be yeah. terrible, yeah. And then he likes to throw we have, shoes. We have Lucic and advocator. Why? <laughs> Ultimate grit. Yeah, Anyways, tough to, yeah. That could be for another episode down the road where we all talk. Play a heavy game. Yeah, we could play a heavy game. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not 
fantasy hockey. Um, so moving on with the NHL draft, obviously there's a lot of um, other trade possibilities that could happen. I think that, the, you know, obviously the other big question is Jimmy Howard. Um, and I am of the opinion that I think he's staying. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't know if he's going to be – I don't know if they can move him at this point. And if they well, if can, anything, I would agree with you just because of the market, not so yeah, much because the, they want to keep it's him. Cause the, it's the market, yeah. yeah. And Ken Holland is going to put on his, you know, his salesman act, and he's already starting to. So, um, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to town on him for that. So the market sucks for right now for the goalies. So, um, I mean, what the Pens want a first for Flurry, right? I, that's the yeah. reported asking price. Yeah. And I Calgary imagine, will give Calgary will give it to him. I think. Yeah, I imagine and that's not even the full asking price. That's just what they're starting the conversation with. Yeah, I imagine Bishop would go first round for similar. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so call is, it a pride, just, is it a pride thing for Ken Holland that he's not going to like totally undersell those guys? Is it that Howard's value is that much lower than Flurry and Bishop? Which honestly, it ought to be. Howard isn't as good as as either Flurry or Bishop. Right. But he's not garbage compared to them. So if you know, if Tampa and Pittsburgh both want a first, is it just pride that says Ken Holland is like, no, nah, I'm not going to take a third for Jimmy Howard. How dare you? Because I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'd, yeah, yeah, I definitely take that. That's. I that's mean, I'd love. I would do Jimmy Howard straight up for one of Calgary's seconds. I believe they have three this year. Yeah. Then you can take that second and you can flip it with Yurko and send it away with Datsuk's contract, and then we're all happy. And then we sign Stamkos. There you go. But yeah, I think I mean, if they really wanted to move it, they could move it and get something in this draft. If they really wanted to move Jimmy, so you just got to find a dance partner, which might be yeah, the, in the Calgary. Part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really Calgary could easily move to Calgary. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, it, it seems like that might be something that could not happen. But who knows? Um, you know, cross that cross that bridge when we get there. All I know is that it would be great for me to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off down there in Buffalo with a bunch of trades going on. So yeah. I'm hoping for a busy weekend, but. If not, well, on the Howard, um, on the Howard front, we did kind of catch a break with the uh, expansion rules that came out today. Because, like everybody suspected, they're they're not uh, uh, making you protect the uh, no trade clauses. Yeah, um, I didn't really dig into that. I didn't have much time to look at that stuff today. But it it seems that um, was it JJ. You might be able to remember this better when they were t- they were talking. What was it? Something um, someone brought up saying that Mrazek could actually end up being unprotected. Am I am I making shit up in my mind right now? Yeah. Uh, the only reason Mrazek would be unprotected is if Detroit got a way better goalie that fell into their lap. Okay, all right. So it wasn't. No, I, yeah. I didn't know if there's. I didn't know if there's some sort of loophole there or something. I no. Here's the problem, and it's a it's a huge mis- misconception. Is a lot of people are misreading the concept i don't remember who even wrote it was it chris johnson who said that no movement clause even those that are um altered by having limited no trade clauses will have to be protected uh using flurry as an example because flurry has a no move clause um but in that no move clause he also has a limited no trade so it's it's actually a weaker no move clause than normal because if it's mm-hmm. just a full no movement it's like i mean what just else? just can't to- shit with him but you still have to have a no move. Jimmy Howard, and a lot of people are afraid that that means that they have to protect Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard only has a no trade clause. He doesn't have a no move. So anybody with a no with a no trade clause ha- does not have to be protected. You can choose to, but you don't have to protect Jimmy Howard okay. if that's the case. The only Red Wings player that has a no move clause right now mm-hmm. is Pavel Datsuk, and he's going to waive that. So 
as far as expansion goes right this minute, Ken Holland will not be required to protect anybody based on a contract he's given out. Right. Now, whether or not he does, obviously, we, we've got our own level of faith in that. And whatever mm-hmm. he does this summer, because um, honestly, if he if he signs Stankos, Stankos is going to get a no-move clause. That's just yeah. par for the course. But as of right now, there's no concern about uh, the Red Wings being forced to protect anybody they don't want to. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So maybe it makes sense for the Red Wings to um, try and uh, hold, maybe just hold on to Jimmy Howard for one more for one more year and hope that Bishop and Fleury are gone by the time expansion draft rolls around. And boom, there's your out because he would likely be one of the better goalies on the market. Yeah, bad to wait for some goalie to shit the bed and late in the season and decide. Yeah, and then you there's can run with that, one goalie. Yeah, there's always that too. But well, that's, that's the problem idea. because who would be your backup? That's the only problem. Yeah, fuck it, Jared, Jared Crow and Jonas Gustafson. You no, take no, free no, agent. McCollum. No, McCollum. No, you McCollum take the- because then you're going to expose him. You don't want to expose Crow. Crow's better. Crow's good enough that somebody could conceivably take him. Are they even going to have McCollum next year? If they sign him again, um, which they probably will. They'll sign him. They'll sign him to a one or a two year. Yeah, that'll be one year. It won't be well, they'd years. have to sign him to a two year if they're going to expose him because I, I think that was one of the stipulations in the rules was that all the <laughs> players you expose have to have a 17-18 contract in place. Uh, well, whatever. I I don't know. I, I don't really give a shit about losing Caro or McCollum. So. Yeah, you protect Mrazek and yeah. screw the rest of the goalies. Yeah, yeah. You, you tell Mrazek to start 70-plus games a season like Braden Holpe and tell him to shut the hell up. Because um, that's what he's getting. I mean, that's 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 what we hope from him. So, um, you know, branching off from that, the... Obviously, we had a lot of uh, we we had a, we had some things going on today. The NHL awards, um, I don't know. I watched a little bit of it, and I was really bored with the entire thing. I thought it was really cheesy, really corny. Um, you know, the whole uh, Patrick Kane taking home three can- uh, three trophies. It just it sucked. It was not very entertaining to me. The only honestly, the most entertaining part about it for me was. Doughty winning the Norris Trophy and watching everybody react to it um, because it's ridiculous, but it's still funny to watch everybody get mad. Um, I don't know. Does anybody have any highlights from it? I mean, there's. I don't. I don't. I'm so indifferent towards this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I watched about five minutes. It, it was pretty boring. The five minutes I watched. Yeah. Literally, the best part of it was that um, Tony X did not show up. Yeah. Yeah. And like they just. They lost him. They don't know where the hell he ended up. Like they flew him to Vegas, and nobody has any clue what happened to him. Um, Bunny Ranch. I yeah, I think he just skipped out on him, and I hope that's what I hope that's the case. Like I hope he's not hurt or, or in trouble or anything. But like that's yeah. it was it was brutal. I mean, they ran a a Jimmy Fallon rerun YouTube clip through the middle of the show. Like we'd all seen the that superlatives issue before, and like the jokes were just bad. Yeah, they were like so, they were admitting how awful they were at the the whole time. It was just it was a bad show. Like they just it really makes me sad that it happened because I mean there were a few high spots like the the kid and and his dad. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was real cool, and obviously the in memoriam with uh, with Gordy Howe's sons. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just those bright spots got drowned out by a, a really just a, an awful show 
Yeah, I I don't know if like and you know to be honest with you, in all of my years of being a hockey fan, I've never really fully tuned into it. Uh, it's just not been even when we've had like Pavel Datsuk and Nick Lidstrom who have you know just win awards every year I still just like I don't know I, it wasn't something that I would always find very valuable as a fan I know that that's not a very popular opinion among among hockey fans but um, I don't know it's just it doesn't really appeal to me I guess yeah. the only I'm, trophy, I'm the kind yeah. of person no what was that the only trophy I care about is the big one you know the one yeah. that you lift over your head and yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm the kind of person who back in the heyday like when I before I had my big boy job um I would every year watch the NHL awards and just like since I've got other priorities it's kind of slipped it's one of those things just like eh I'll read about it yeah read about it watch highlights or look at pictures I don't know yeah although looking through the wins list this year d- does anybody else feel it's just one of the best coaches out there but the biggest joke of the award show that trots walks away with the adams i mean I the washington capitals had a had a roster that a kindergartner could have taken at the playoffs i don't i mean yeah, yeah but, but look every year we complain that oh it's yeah. the coach who takes the crappy team to being good he took a good team and made him better i think that i i agree with you that i don't think trots should have won i think sullivan should have been the clear-cut winner there um that's like easy to me um and it's not because he won the stanley cup it's because of it was night and day how different the penguins were when they brought in sullivan and yeah rutherford who did win gm of the year who he absolutely deserves it um i i think that you know a lot of his moves had something to do with it but i don't know i think sullivan should have been the uh the winner there um because what he did with the penguins was pretty remarkable yeah, because I mean they were they were well out of the playoffs. They were garbage they to were start the year. I mean, terrible. yeah, they were they were hot dog water. Yeah, uh, they might have been hot dog water that had been like dumped in the toilet water. I don't know. They were real bad. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, know. I'll still watch the NHL awards every year uh, if for no other reason than I get to make a bunch of dumb jokes for a couple hours. <laughs> right. You will always you just we'll do that always, in general. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it gives me a, a topic. You don't really need like, the NHL awards for that. Well, it gives me a, a captive audience about it at least. Hey, Jeff, did you watch the NHL Awards? I watched uh, up until the kid in the Vancouver jersey came out. And then Jill got home from work, and we watched Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and I made dinner. Nice. What do you do, 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 do. Uh, Chicken. Great. Chicken. That's it. Sounds, yeah. sounds real good. <laughs> I, I, did, uh, I did chuckle at the, oh, hockey's in Vegas. Maybe next they'll go to Edmonton. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> And then... <laughs> I it's missed like, oh, that joke. one, but that's 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 a good joke. I just wish Will Arnett would have hosted in as Job, <laughs> as Gob. Like the last time he was funny. Yeah. Oh. No, you're. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you. He's just coasted ever since. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, he was just. <laughs> yeah, things are tough. Anyways, great topic. Um, I guess Stan re- coast. <laughs> I mean, that's very straightforward. Yeah, uh, I don't. We can get into that later on, but. Um, the, uh, yeah, we have a new, we have a new team coming to the league, Las Vegas, the, uh, NHL officially announced that Las Vegas will be the expansion team starting 2017, 2018, obviously with the expansion draft that we were talking about a little bit before, um, they will be playing at the T-Mobile arena in Las Vegas, um, which is a brand new arena. It's actually really looks, looks gorgeous. Um, 
I don't know, and, and that's going to make things a little different when with schedules um, because of, of the way that everything's being formatted. So you're not going to be playing – the schedules are going to be different. So, JJ, you might have a better grip on this than I do, but isn't that going to change, like, how – Eastern teams, like how many times they play a certain amount, certain teams. So obviously, it's so something's going to change there logistically. Uh, yeah, the Eastern teams uh, within the within your own division, you will play um, basically every other team four times. Um, in your non-division, so in the Metropolitan, the Wings will play um, basically four teams. They'll have two home and one way, one away. And the other four teams in that division will have one home and two away, so they play three times for against every Metropolitan division. And then, literally, with everybody in the Western Conference, they play one home and one away. So there's no... Essentially, what they're doing is they're taking away one of the... They're taking away those those extra games within your own division to give them to um, the new team. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, sort of. Maybe not. I don't know. It changes our schedule by one game. <laughs> or two games. Not really. I don't know, man. Well, like, when, if you sneak into the playoffs... Yeah, when you, when you, yeah, when you, yeah, when you sneak in every year. <laughs> yeah, but now we have two games against the expansion team. So, to lose. And one of them is a travel game. And they will probably have a better roster than us. I mean, then they'll have Jimmy, I'm just Jimmy Howard or Jonathan Erickson. The way it works is you get eaten alive by the guy that got uh, claimed off of... Oh, that's how it's going to be. That's going to be a great narrative. Be, I can't wait. It'll be Jonathan Erickson scoring hat tricks against us. Oh, I'm going to be. God. I'll write a think piece about it every season. It'll, It'll be, be great. So beautiful. So okay, I guess nobody really gives a shit about Las Vegas. <laughs> Not as much as um, I thought they would. No, I mean the expansion rules are basically what we've known. Um, they have to take 30 players, yep. uh, at least 14 forwards, at least nine defensemen, and at least three goalies. So. The thought there is, uh, if we are going to have people, and every team is going to have is going to have one person taken, uh, and no more than one person taken. So if yeah, if you're thinking it's got to be like we would love to have either a goalie if we still have Jimmy Howard or a defenseman um, taken in such a draft, but you got to think like they only have to take nine defensemen. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be nine defensemen better than Jonathan Erickson. Yeah. Right. Uh, available in that draft. The only saving grace may be that they have to build up to like something like $48 million yeah. uh, worth of people that they take. But in taking 30 players, it's not that hard to build up to $48 million. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to lose a forward that we're like going to kind of miss, but not really. Who do you think would be the biggest, like of all names that could be exposed, very well end up exposed, which one would upset you the most? Brendan Smith. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, you know what? I don't know. By then, I probably won't care. I think he's going to have a breakout here this year, so I'm going to agree. <laughs> okay, so this is what? Season three of us <laughs> saying that? It's his year, uh, man. Season it's his year. six? Season six, whatever. For me? Well, I've only I've only been with Wim for a few years, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Danny DeKaiser. There's no chance. I don't think they're going to let him be exposed. No, no. Well, I, I don't think they're going to expose Green. Why not? I, I, just I do. don't. Why not? I think I think they. I think I think they want him as the power play quarterback. No, no, no. I think I think he, they're expecting him to have a big year, and he's going to deliver, and they're going to want to keep him. So no, I mean, my nightmare scenario him. is they're going to protect the Kaiser, Cronwall, and Erickson. As a matter of fact, I thought that Green is probably like I was of the opinion that Green will likely be the player that gets taken from us. 
Yeah, yeah that's was, a good point. I, I was think thinking the will, only way. I think he. Uh, I was just one. gonna say. Yeah, I was just gonna say the only way that I think, and I wrote about this a little bit, is how they would leave green unprotected. Is if they look at that market the next year and go, "Oh crap," kind of thing. Like there's, you know, not many choices available. And then, you know, Kenny might be thinking, well, just, oh, well, I got to sign green. You know, one of those type of things. It's just so – there's just still so many variables, obviously. If Smith sucks this year, he's probably exposed. If he has a great season, that probably comes down to green or Smith. And then – because they're, they're going to protect Cromwell. They're going to protect the Kaiser. So if, if Smith sucks or yeah. they trade Smith, then they'll protect green. If Smith has a breakout year, he's cheaper and younger. So they're going to let green be exposed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just nip everybody go, in the butt, or they do the whole it. eight skaters thing, and they. I think I'll switch up. I think they're together. Yeah, I think no matter what, they're going to lose a defenseman. Yeah, I Smith think or probably. Green or Marchenko is going to have a really good year, but he's not going to be yeah. good enough, and then he's yeah. going to break out in Las Vegas. Yeah, and and I it'll never be Erickson because it'll never be Erickson because we're always going to have somebody better exposed than him. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I still think that they'll probably you think, try and expose him. But Do you think there's any way they leave Cronwall exposed? No. 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 I don't think they leave Cronwall or Zetterberg exposed. Um, yeah. For the, I mean, obviously, I, not only are they leaders on the team, but I think that they do seriously do not want to lose control over uh, how well they can manage the uh, or avoid cap recapture. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if either of them get claimed and they retire, that's right. still going to hit Detroit for cap recapture. Mm-hmm. And this season coming up is the last season where Cronwall is um, making more than his cap hit. the The first season in Las Vegas is going to be in the league. His uh, his salary drops to three point five million. So, like literally, that is one hundred percent of cap recapture. It would remain on the Red Wings. Yeah. So. And, I don't know. At that point, like, why the hell wouldn't he just retire if he gets tired of it? Obviously, there's money to be made for it, but... I mean, maybe he just has a terrible knee injury and he can't play anymore, and then he's exempt like Franzen would be, right? Yeah. His career's yeah, over. should be exempt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't protect him anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think personally it's going to be end up being green that gets taken. Um, it just makes most sense. He'll have, what, one year left on his contract... Yep. Yep. It's just, it makes so much sense, which will be I'm great because cool then he'll probably light us up or something when we play him. But better him than, Whatever. I don't know, like the Kaiser or <laughs> I don't know. Either way you look at it, we're all just going to whine about it. So it's going to be great. Um, unless it's Whoever how- we lose is going to be the best player ever and it's going to be awful. And we're going to terribly miss him like <laughs> we do with Andre yeah. Nestrassel. And we're going to call for Ken Holland's head over why didn't you protect him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah got to got to be upset about something. So I mean yeah. that's 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 an interesting <laughs> that's a, that's definitely an interesting topic, and I think that um, I you know I'm also really interested with how it all works because they're going to essentially get a shit ton of draft picks too. Um, like right, is not how it works? Or no, they're just going to get they're going to no. Get essentially, they're going to be treated like the third worst team. Yes, in the lottery, so they will they will have a shot at first overall, which is fair. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's fair because it would be great to see a team tank it out all season. <laughs> maybe maybe it's us, um, <laughs> and then we lose the first overall pick. Who knows? <laughs> Wouldn't that be rich? Um, 
And they were saying <laughs> that they're going to have a week before yeah, to, uh, to, to be like, able to make uh, to do trade draft picks and stuff like that. Yeah, see, that's something that's very uh, that's very lucrative, uh, I think, because at that point, maybe the Red Wings, or I'm sure a bunch of other teams, could go to them and say, "Hey, we've got this great goalie, and you can have him for just a second round pick or a third round pick." And I don't know. That's just a pipe dream, though. So, I you know, we'll see. We'll see. We don't even have. We don't even know what the hell the name of the team is going to be. It's probably going to be the Las Vegas Knights or something like that. I think I called it earlier, the Las Vegas Hookers. No, don't think it's going to be that. But close, no? maybe. No, Las Vegas Strip. I don't know. Um, you know, <laughs> do, do we think they start any kind of like cool traditions there? Like, like I was thinking about this earlier. You know, we throw the octopi on the ice. Nashville throws catfish. Panthers throw rats on the ice. Do we think Las Vegas will throw dead mobsters on the ice or or what? Throw dice. Throw dice. <laughs> oh, God. Dice, I like it. That would be awesome, but <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> so hilarious, though. Yes, another team ripping off of us. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, yeah, we've, we've kind of covered pretty much everything. You know, we have the draft coming up, which is a big deal. And then after the draft is um, is over with, then it's all eyes on free agency. And the Red Wings still have a couple of big players that they really do need to get signed up, locked up. So, you know, there's going to be a lot uh, developing in the next, uh, in the next you know, month or so. Um, but it will be interesting to see who the Red Wings end up with in the, uh, in, in the draft. You know, um, if you've been tuning into us, you, you know that I've been taking a lot of profiles. So there's some names out there. Uh, you know, German Rupsoff, Jake Bean, Charlie McAvoy, uh, Logan Brown. I don't think he'll fall. Max Jones. There's a bunch of names out there. Go over to the website. Check it out. You can get yourself a little feel of what, what might be in our wheelhouse um, in the first round and even the second round. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can kind of educate yourself there um, and try and get yourself ready for the big day. Um, so I guess we can just throw it over to uh, JJ for the um, reader questions because we do have some, it looks like. So, JJ, if you want to just take it away, we can, uh, you, you can take us home. All right. Uh, Carson Kroon starts us off. Assuming the Wings are going for a D-man with their 16th overall pick, uh, Levy and Sergachev, if I pronounce Levy, whatever. Uh, will obviously be one and two, not available unless we somehow manage to trade up. So with D-Man remaining, how do you rank uh, Chitrin, McAvoy, Bean, and Fabro? Um, so Chitrin is the, on top of the list, I think. Um, and that's just because he's a really good skater. He has the size. Um, he can be a good two-way guy. You know, he's kind of falling in the draft rankings because of the lack of production and all of that. Um, but I don't... I'm not really too concerned with that. Now, I think that he could possibly fall, you know, outside of the top 10, which is very, very possible. It seems like it's going to happen. And you might see the Red Wings actually entertain an option um, to try and trade up to get him, um, but it would end up costing you big time. So I think right then and there, I think if you're not going to take him, if you're not going to trade up to get to him, um, and you really want a defenseman, uh, I think Jake Bean is probably your guy. Yeah. So... Uh, Charlie McAvoy's Charlie McAvoy's really really good, but I don't know if he has the offensive upside that Jake Bean does. So he's a BU kid, though, right? Yes, I, I'd be cool with him. Yeah, the TSN mock is uh, Bean now. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah, Craig Button's one's Bean. Really? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mock drafts out there that have him taking uh, Bean. There's a lot of them that have him taking Roots. We off. can call him. We can call him Beaner. No. Yeah, the green can, uh, bean line. The green. Yep, the green bean pairing. Until well, it'll probably never happen because Green will get taken in the expansion draft. But and we can Bean still say probably it, won't yeah. play for five years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Wool G88 says, uh, it would be cool to have your guys' take on their recently announced schedule. Uh, number of back-to-back stretches that might be extra difficult or hold extra importance. Games you might personally be interested in or any other comments you might have about the schedule. I don't know. I'm interested in all the games on the East Coast, specifically in Boston and Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, I think 16 back-to-backs. I don't know where it weighs up in terms of how... They 16 last year. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, like Montreal... Not Montreal. Toronto's got 18. I think I read Boston's got 14. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like everyone's kind of in that range. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, all I know is that the um, West Coast trip isn't until, like, January or February. Um, and that's cool. I'm, I'm fine with that, because... I don't know. Yeah, early January. Yeah, I think it was like the, uh, January 4th or something. Because that outdoor game in Toronto on the 1st of January is the first we actually see the Maple Leafs all season. Oh, that's great. And then we go from there out to California to play three games in four nights uh, mm-hmm. against the California teams. Okay. Oof. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. And then Western Canada happens uh, at the end of February uh, into the beginning of March. Okay. Well, that's good because we'll need those bad Western Can- Canadian teams to keep us in the playoff run. <laughs> yeah, March is going to be kind of brutal as far as travel goes, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of terribly dangerous. T- I mean, we do play the Blackhawks in March, but um, who knows? Like, they might end up being bad. It's a bunch of potential garbage. I don't know. Like, it's it's really hard to get a read on how tough the schedule is going to be because there's a lot of these teams which could be like way better or worse than expected. So, like, there aren't any, like, super goofy breaks in here. I'm just, I'm going month by month on the, the Red Wings calendar right now. Um, like, I, I don't know. I guess the schedule makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sucks yeah. that with, freaking with game in Panarin, Thursday. With Panarin winning the uh, Calder today, does Chicago get just more cap fucked? Are, are they actually going to suck next year? Uh, it is possible that they yeah. I mean, they're not going to actually suck, but... They might be taking a step back. <laughs> it depends entirely on on what's in his contract. Like he will get a bonus for winning the Calder, but yeah. that's a, an NHL paid bonus. He may have an additional bonus attached to uh, the Schedule B bonuses that are uh, are tied to his, his entry level deal. But I don't know. We'll be hearing about that in the next few days if it's, if it's that case because we already know that the Blackhawks are going to carry uh, more than three million dollars in overages just from what already hit. Yeah. So good, fuck them. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. We already asked about. Oh, would you be willing to move Athens to if it meant getting rid of Erickson's contract? Yes. That was just the first thing that came out of my mouth. <laughs> is it Athens to you just with Erickson's contract, or is it Athens to you with Pavel and Erickson's contract. No, it's just... Well, I mean, there's, what's the most you'd be willing to, to move Datsu's contract, which we already talked about? If you knew you couldn't get Stamkos, would not being able to move the contract almost be a blessing in disguise? Um, as I meant, Holland couldn't shoot himself in the foot by getting a guy like Bacchus, which... Yes. we've Yeah, we agree. Um, and it just says, would you be willing to move AA if it meant getting rid of Erickson's contract? I... Uh, I don't... I like, think just because of the duration, yeah. Yeah, dude, that contract is so terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I would. I don't know. I I like Gundad. I would just because I I don't know. There's I don't know. This, I think I agree yeah. with Corey. I don't know. I mean, you're you're okay. That's fair. I mean, you go you go either way. It's, it's, I think Erickson's problem is that he's used uh, too high in the lineup, and I know that 
obviously making him the number six or seven defenseman at $4.25 million kind of sucks, but Marchenko is going to be higher on the depth chart, getting basically underpaid for that, So, and so are other people. So just play cheaper guys above him, and it's fine. I don't know that I necessarily want to throw about a Athens CU just to get rid of that. Yeah, but remember what happens when you play bad defensemen on the third pair? It still sucks a lot. Not really. Jakob Kindle was pretty bad. Thanks, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Jakob yeah. Kindle wasn't the reason we were bad. Um, He's one of them. I don't know. I just look at uh, Pittsburgh just just won a cup by playing a, a bad defense and bad overpaid defenseman on their third pairing only twelve minutes a night. I, I think it's fine. Um, Athanasiu ought to be playing more minutes than Erickson anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then he has uh, also why is Howard's contract considered so bad? Everywhere I look, it says to move him, we would have to eat salary. Uh, however, Jimmy has proven to be an average to above average starting goalie. Uh, his cap hit is only 17th largest for the goalie, so he's paid basically on average. He's just having a hard time understanding why people think to th- seem to think it's such a bad contract and difficult to move. It's called the goalie graveyard syndrome. That's all it is. It's it's the city. It's the media. It's you're not it's what what have you done for me lately that's why i mean i don't know and and not to mention i mean howard has been at times pretty dreadful uh so i mean it's kind of a blend of both uh is he paid i still think he's probably paid i don't know i get why he was paid what he was because he at the time he was he was the goalie. He was our guy. So it's like, all right, you pay your guy. And now you have Mraza come along. And so you have a fan base that is like, we want the young hotness, and we don't want the old busted joint. You know what I mean? So yeah, And the problem is that he's yeah. paid like a starter, and he's not going to be the starter. So yeah, that too. On definition, yeah. is bad. Yeah. Well, also, if they're saying he's paid somewhat average for a goalie, um, are his stats over the past year and a half since since the injury in washington what two years ago has he even been average because i mm, no, think really, no. this year with yeah where he evens out he's 32nd in the league or something for gaa and saves no, he's last not, i knew he has i mean i mean nobody good. quote me on that but yeah he's he's not even been average part of that's probably not his def- his fault part of that's probably the defense in front of him but still Put up or shut up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, MD Road 12 says, who wants to buy me tickets to the 2017 draft? Uh, my answer, kiss my ass. No. Uh, MD Road, if it's in Detroit, I will front you the money, but you do have to pay me back plus a finder's fee plus uh, administration fees, just like Ticketmaster. That's going to be in uh, Chicago, by the way. Uh, oh, I'm going to combine that. this question, Holmes from 96 and uh, Gordy or 27. Um, you can only choose one of four numbers to go to the rafters. 91, 13, 40, or number six. Uh, who do you send up there? 91. 91. Oh, my God. Uh, it's not even hard. Yeah, I'd take 91. That's what she said. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I've, I've got it down to 91 or 13. It's 91. Yeah. Three cups, heart trophy, selkies. Fedorov Fedorov was a little bit more instrumental to those winning teams. uh, I mean, I know Pavel's on the 2002 Cup, but he was playing, what, third or fourth line at that point? He was a rookie. It wasn't even his team. Okay, so uh, what do you say, Corey? Yeah, 91. 
Okay, uh, so everybody says 91, you're all wrong. It's six. Larry Ori, there's no reason he should not be up there. Yeah, who cares? No one knows who he is. That's the problem. Yeah, Educate JJ, JJ, I'm sorry, you're wrong. JJ, because you were alive back then. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're old. Uh, basically, Larry Ori, because Fedorov doesn't deserve it. Datsuk doesn't deserve it. Thunderbird doesn't deserve it. If they, I hear the, I will say this, and I think that everybody should agree with me on this. If they raise thirteen before ninety-one, it will be complete fucking bullshit. Yes. Oh no, 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 no. As, oh, as soon I as that's so bad. Now. As soon as fucking Mike Illich shit. dies, ninety-one will go up. Oh man, this 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 fucking fan base will explode. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay, uh, which future or current NHL players or prospects? Would you trade Dylan Larkin for straight up? Eric Carlson. Say that again. OEL. Eric Carlson. Oliver Ekman Larson. Can you, no. can you read the question one more time? No. Name any all the players that you would trade Dylan Larkin for straight up. Connor McDavid. Say again. Sure. I'm biased. Really? Sidney Crosby. Sagan. Really? Some weird answers so far. Sagan. Really? Carlson. Yep. Larson. I didn't say Sagan. Um, I don't know I would. Subban straight up. I say uh, uh, I say Carlson and McDavid was a good one too. I think McDavid, yeah. I would probably trade him. First round was younger. I'm trying to think of if, if there's. I think Ovechkin else. maybe as old as I'll go as far as Ooh. I would trade him for him yeah. straight up. We got a robot straight on the line. Up. What? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Aaron Ekblad for D- Dylan Larkin straight up. Do you do it? No. No. Even though that's probably really stupid because Aaron Eckblad's a like number one defenseman written all over him, so and he yeah. he has a number one defenseman, so Jack Eichel? No. No, fuck Eichel. <laughs> uh, the other part of that question is uh would you trade him for Subban? And since I already said that, my answer is yes. Would um, anybody not trade Larkin for Subban? I'd do it. Yeah, I don't think I would. I'd do I would. it. That that cap hit. It's so it's what? scary. I know he's good, but so with with the the level of screwed that our defense is right now with contracts, it's that's yeah. But that, you're taking that into consideration. That's not the question. You just got to. It's go okay with, to Stamkos. pay a lot of money for yeah. a very good player. It's okay that's, to yes. pay a good player. Yes, I will pay Stamkos twelve million dollars a year. Uh, you're you're you might out of your own pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Big Tech D three hundred four. He doesn't have a question, but he says that uh. After listening to the live podcast this morning, I promptly grab a bag of peanut M and M's at checkout. Thank you for inspiring greatness in your listeners. I just want peanut M and M's are gross. Well, you're bad. That's Jeff, a bad so opinion. Yeah. Almond M and M's. Yeah. Ugh. Peanut butter M and M's. Those are pieces. good. Yeah. Dark chocolate M and M's. Crispy M and M's. All right. Pretzel M and M's. All right. Regular M and M's. Coffee bean ones. No, they're gross. Uh-oh. Hope M and M's is paying us. Jeez. <laughs> well, they might. I think last week we had a Domino's ad added. Nice. We, so. we might actually get a cease and desist. <laughs> uh, Andrew Nalian wants to know how do you think the new proposed cap floor ceiling, cap floor slash ceiling, helps the wings with their cap situation? Basically, the cap went up uh, what one point six million. I mean, it helps them by one point six million. Yeah. Every little, basically, uh, every dollar helps. Was part of the question. That's. The, the exact answer. Uh, how yeah. do you feel about Jimmy VC? Do you think we have a chance of signing him? No, no, uh, no, nope. not at all. Point and, blank. Uh, no. Andrew Alien uh, list list in his like his father's a scout. <laughs> all right there. 
<laughs> Did Jeff Sorry, just get hit by a car? I'm, I'm, I'm walking to the bar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn it. I thought you were dead. No, I didn't hear anything. BC's dad is a scout with Toronto, and like his family is from Massachusetts. Yeah, if he doesn't sign with Buffalo, he's going to Toronto or Boston. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, fuck him. Uh, Jay Stone, what is your favorite non-sports-related draft? Uh, it used to be the NFL when they did it in one weekend. No, that's sports-related. Non-sports. Oh, non-sports. Oh, WWE. That's sports-related. No, WWE sports is not a sport. You know what? I'm just if it's scripted. Oh, God, not this question. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> Call it a night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so cool. It sounds like Red, Red Sox post Red Sox postgame ends in, in like 30 minutes. All right, thanks. Winging It in Motown presents Stephen Hawking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for the update on the pre- the Red Sox post game thing, though. By the way, um, JJ, what were you about to say? Oh, we got to the question I didn't want to ask, but I I think I'm going to ask it. All right, um, the duck. I'm going to make I'm going to make Corey answer this one first. <laughs> sure. Would you rather go down on your grandpa or have your oh. grandma go down on you? <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we not? That's I'm not. Can we skip that? that? This is bullshit. All my grandparents are dead. Yeah, I'm not answering. That's not true. That. They're not. Fuck. You know what? Fuck that question. Yeah, There's that's a ban that question. person. There's wow. also a Tang Grady size duck question attached to that one, and I think I think we're at the point where we just need to retire the Tang Grady size. Yeah, duck. it's over, folks. Yeah, because like even I like I'm I've been the supporter of that for a long time, and even I'm kind of tired of it. So. <laughs> Nothing personal. Come up with these great questions. We may not a- we may not answer them. Uh, just asking it was fun for me. But yeah, we're not answering either of those. You're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's bad. see. Does anybody think Gabriel Landeskog could be a potential trade target for the Wings? No. No. Is he in trade rumors? I haven't seen it. Is he the captain? Uh, sounds no, like I guess Colorado's- it doesn't really matter. No, they've been talking about it. Uh, sounds like Colorado's willing to trade anybody except for McKinnon. Um, yeah, Landeskog has been rumored on the block. Um, Duchesne this I think is still rumored on the block. Basically, Barry is the only one that Sackick has come out and said, I'm not trading him. Um, Landeskog is real good. Um, I mean, I take him, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think... I don't know, because Landeskog is, Landeskog is real good, but I think what will be asked for him is going to be an, an overpayment, so, meh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Would be yeah, way we're going to have to get ripped off to get Landeskog, so yeah, it's definitely not worth it. Yeah, if Colorado um, sells Landeskog, they're gonna they're gonna pretty much come to teams and say, "Hey, fix our roster and take this one guy." Yeah, that's what they're gonna be looking for. They're gonna be looking for making the playoffs. Yeah, and, that's what and the Red no. should be doing. Yeah. Uh, the other part of that question is essentially what's the logic behind why is Datsu's contract so hard to trade? Because like you don't have to pay him, you just get the cap hit. So that should be like, oh, easy peasy. It's not like you have to like give him $4.5 million and actually keep him on your roster like Bickle. And the reason for that is that the Red Wings are in a bind and yep. teams aren't going to just take nothing for it. I mean, it's yeah. when you when it comes down to it, there's not a lot of teams outside of Arizona. Because even Carolina's got an argument that they may end up being an outside contender. And the downside of trading for the Datsu cap hit is that, like, literally, if you decide, hey, we're better than we thought we were, we may want to take a run at it at the trade deadline, uh, you cannot move that Datsu cap hit. That is there. With anybody else who's who's dealing dead to cap hit, you could maybe get a favor and and deal off uh, Savard or a 
Um, but Datsuks is, is going to stay on your cap hit no matter what. So, I mean, it's just like basically it, they're not doing, they're not here to do us any favors. And we're not, we wouldn't really be doing them any favors because uh, the teams aren't going to have a lot of trouble hitting that, hitting, hitting the cap floor anyway. So they want value. That's it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Should Holland kick the tires and signing Lucic? We already vomited over that. So no. <laughs> Although I did like Datsuki and Freaks. Uh, he can kick tires down a hill that roll into Lucic's face. Uh, that was a good answer to that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. If Abby puts up 40 to 50 points a season for the remainder of his contract while also putting up 120 penalty minutes per season, would you consider his contract bad or good in the end? Good. Every season? Until he retires? Or until the end of it? I, the I, remainder I, of the contract, that's yeah. That's a win, yeah. I mean, because that's, that's not the case. 40 or 50 points is a lot in today's NHL, and I think a lot of people yeah. are that. That's what I, I, that's, I think it I'd mostly... Be, I'd be happy with fucking to targeting 50 points so yeah i think it's going to depend heavily on how the pk shapes up but i i I think you got to give it at least the benefit of the doubt of that being a good move you know 40 or 50 points for for that trade in in penalty minutes yeah it's not something that i'm expecting him to do at all so yeah i would call that oh yeah definitely in that way uh, Red Wings Down Under says, I realize this is a bit of a taboo among GMs. However, putting that aside, uh, giving you all complete control, which current RFA players would you be comfortable signing to an offer sheet and giving up the requisite compensation for and why? Um, Kucherov? Oh, I don't even know who, who's an RFA right now. Kucherov. Which defenseman? Truba. Truba. Isn't Kucherov RFA? Yeah, but that... An RFA no, no, too, no, 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 but I would, take, I would say Kucherov because you don't have to play against him anymore. Yeah, I need yeah. a defenseman. If I'm going to do that and give up those assets, I want a defenseman. Like Lindholm? Wow. I, yeah, Lindholm I wish Ekblad would. If, if Ekblad was an RFA, I'd be all over that. But he's you not. love you some Ekblad, huh? Yeah. I just love so, the idea of having a defenseman who isn't bad. I think Lindholm would be the, the obvious top one in terms of defense there. Well, we're just going to trade for him anyway. No, we're not. No. We're Seth, trade, Jones. Trade for Seth Jones is an RFA. Oh. I still think I'd take Lindholm. Maybe. I don't know. Ooh, I'd flip a coin. Seth Jones shoots right, doesn't he? Yes. Sign that me literally up. means nothing to me. means everything. Got to have those right-handed defensemen. Just like Nick Lidstrom. Uh, exactly. The problem here is that nobody's mentioned yet is that if you sign a guy to a sensible contract as an RFA, you're doing the other GM's job for him, and he's just going to match it and say thank you. So the requisite compensation for any of these guys is more than they're worth. And that's essentially playing cap war from the GM position of the Red Wings who are not in a position to play cap war with anybody. Right, like yeah. uh, McKinnon's a, a RFA, so you know to make that type of an offer, by the time you give up those draft picks, it would be like, yeah, we got screwed on the end of that deal. And then you have the cap hit, so... yeah. Because if you give a guy a good contract, then they're just, they're just going to match it. There's there's no team like Columbus and um, and even Anaheim. They're not in a, a position where you can really screw them over with a, a terrible cap hit. Like even if it's just even if it's mildly uncomfortable, then all they're going to do is they're just going to move somebody else to make space because they know that value. Yeah, yeah. That's why no one does yeah. the uh, the the lower amount where you know there's no compensation given. That's why no one even makes those offers because. You know, they're going to match it. But in order to have a team not match it, it's got to be such a ridiculous offer that you give up all those draft picks, you're, you screw yourself on the cap, and then, I mean, it's, it's not even worth it by that point. It's a mortgage yeah, I mean, in the future. 
Philly wrote the biggest poison pill they could possibly do with Shea Weber, and Nashville matched it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Although, in fairness, I think the concept of giving those guys who, you who like, you know, the $1.3 million guys where the team is trying to get them to sign for 800, for 800,000, just sign them to that. And with at, like directly under the compensation limit, just to make them sign, like overpay guys like that, um, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. I think GM should do that, but oh, well, nobody put me in charge yeah. of the team. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yvette S19. Uh, I know there was an article done on, um, uh, Dylan Sado- Sadawi. Yep. After we sat away, they're sat away. Uh, I have lots of them actually. Uh, curious to hear each of your thoughts if you know much about him. Where would you rank him in our forward prospects, and what kind of future expectations might you have? I think he he goes right in, and you're probably looking at um, he's definitely a top five prospect in terms of forwards. Um, I think he's going to be right up there with your Anthony Manta, your Evgeny Svechnikov, and your Axel Holmstrom. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've seen him play a little bit. He's just a tenacious forward. Um, That's a good word. Yeah, he just he's he's strong on the puck. He can score goals, and then he can get in your face. And and you know, they, they, he's just it, from what it, what it sounds like. Um, looking at the model of it, is that if he were to be unsigned this year, he would have re-entered the draft, and he would have been projected as a first or a second round pick. So. Um. Yeah, it's a good pickup uh, for just a third overall pick or th- third overall third round pick next year. Um, which, by the way, I believe it was Detroit's, not Toronto's. So I hope Toronto sucks next year. And every that's probably their plan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're that's that is the plan for them. They're not gonna. What do you think? Corey? I like his name, know? though. Yeah, I was. Uh, my take on kind of the prospects is has always been. You know, you never really know yeah. unless they're a really special one until they're actually playing a significant role. Because you could have a guy that looks really good playing on the fourth line, and as soon as you give him those top six minutes, he's absolute garbage, or, or vice versa. So, I mean, you know, you could have a guy that has struggled in the minors, and your team is at the bottom of the league or riddled with injuries, and you got to call him up because you need that certain position. And then they're like, hey, he's doing okay. You know, so it's always... I don't know it's it's a it's a hit or miss. Just look at all the guys who can go back through history who should be really good and they're not, and guys who you know you don't think you're going to get much out of them and they turn out to be good. So that's kind of where I'm at at it right now. No expectation too much on him. Don't want to get too high on him. Don't want to get too low. Just let him uh, do his thing. Yeah, that's, I think that's his nearest contender on the Red Wings prospects depth chart for forwards is Tyler Bertuzzi. I'll put him right on par or maybe a little bit ahead of him. I don't think he's on the same level as uh, Manthar, Svetch, or Athens CU, um, but right below there. So basically right there in the yeah. top five. Yeah. How old is he again? 22. How old's Bertuzzi? 21. Same age? Okay. Uh, no, Bertuzzi's a little bit older, I believe. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know Bertuzzi's age. It's all good. So he's 20. He's always, always 20. Um, I just wanted ballpark. Yeah, Sadai's 20. Um, Bertuzzi, I believe, is 20 as well. 21. So Bertuzzi's a year older. Bertuzzi, going to get every chance to make the team this year. I think it totally signals the end of the Mitch Callahan era. Please, God. Yeah. Long live the Eric Tangrady era. Oof. All right, very last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, just oh, I'm not there yet. Done. What? I'm not at the bar yet, so we need more questions. 
No. <laughs> Shut up. Someone needs to entertain me. Are you excited or not excited about Las Vegas and how many cigarettes are you going to smoke in their arena? <laughs> Zero. I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's a good question. <laughs> yes and zero. Yes and zero. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Are you just you're standing on the side of the road with uh, your your friend your robot friend, right, Jeff? That's what you're doing. <laughs> Do I sound like a prostitute? <laughs> you guys sound fine. I sound terrible, I guess, huh? Yeah, you sound like a robot at times, like a literal robot. You'll hear it. Yeah. You sound nice. like somebody who lives in Boston, and it's awful. <laughs> Well, I'm just walking down Market Street right now. I'm coming up to the New Balance World Headquarters in WGBH. Cool. I'm going to come hit you with my car. Story. <laughs> going to cross over the Mass Pike in a moment. It's right. the, bo- the bar formerly known as the Boyne. The Boyne <laughs> was Massively it was just, interesting. It, just, it used to just be called the Boyne, and it was like this wonderful dive bar where we knew everybody, and we'd they'd stay open late, and we'd get well, free bar drinks. Where knows your name? That's cheers. That's slow. That's downtown. All right, everybody. So, any final hockey-related thoughts? We are going to. By the time everyone listens to this, Datsuk will be an Arizona Coyote. Uh, Hopefully, by the time the next uh, radio edition happens, there will be some uh, significant movement by the Red Wings. But don't get your hopes up at this point. (laughs) That's a that's a good one. JJ, what about you? Uh, nah. I got nothing. <laughs> Mike, uh, I'm just I'm gearing up for Stamkos watch. I, I, uh, it's gonna be entertaining. Oh, no, I'm excited. I'm ready. To and go. I, I don't think he's gonna go. I just don't where anybody crazy. thinks he goes to. Yeah, I'm. I'm still holding on to that uh, crazy theory I had with JJ the other day that he poked all the holes. <laughs> so. For anybody listening, I, I posited why he wouldn't go to Arizona if they could make pitches at some of the big D-men out there this uh, this summer. So. Oh, yeah. I fucked that theory up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck that theory up. <laughs> um, my final hockey-related thought is that I hope Austin Matthews drops the 16th overall. All right. There we go. So, for Kyle, for JJ, for Mike, for Corey, for Robot Jeff... This has been Winging Motown Radio, the Drafts Dravaganza edition. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, folks. Bye. 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 Do I really sound like a Wing robot? Yes. Winging it in a Motown. It's like a like Terminator. 